Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm so excited if you actually got here because I had sent out the wrong link 30 minutes before, but then I saved it and sent the correct link out uh, 10 minutes before. But I had sent the right link out yesterday with the question. So you could always like go back because sometimes I just mess up. So I'm super excited. I have the forefathers here, the forefathers group, and I totally forgot to ask Amir how to say his last name. So he'll have to say his last name for us in a second. But I'm celebrating four years of doing Design Recharge yesterday. So this is the four-year show with the forefathers. So it doesn't spell the same way, but I figured that was a awesome way. And it wasn't even planned. It was just like serendipity. So anyway, super excited. So Amir, how do you say your last name? Ione. Right, like that. So Amir, <laughs> that, and then Jondon Jackson, and Matt Hay, and you can call him Matthew clearly as well, and he won't get upset, Portland. right? Yeah. From, yeah, or Portland, right? But he doesn't live in Portland. That's not anymore. just his alias. Okay, so Amir is not in the United States. Um, Jondon is in Oklahoma, and Matt is now in New Jersey. And you are in... Um, Gothenburg. Okay, so... We've got all kinds. We're not, we're mainly United States, but we are going to get into the Forefathers Group and how they got started because it's a crazy way. They actually have been working together for five years and had not met in person until this past April. So um, I'm going to get Matt, if you can tell us a little bit of the background story of the Forefathers Group and where you and John and met and then how you kind of brought Amir into the fold. Okay. Um for a long time, I did. I did. I worked in the music industry and uh, had a uh, a company that did a lot of album packaging and and uh, band related stuff, and um, made a name for myself doing that. And then uh, was just happened to stumble upon Johnden's website at the time. He ran a company called Ecto Machine. and uh, I saw his website and I I loved it. And I was like, dude, this is this is awesome. So um, I started following him on Twitter, and I, I thought I thought for the longest time that I reached out to him, and maybe I, John did. So I followed you, and then you said you're the one that thanked me for the for the follow on Twitter, and then I, you know, I was like, dude, I love your work, and he's like, oh, I know who you are. So um, you know, one thing led to another, and. Uh, we quickly became friends and then um you know i asked him if he you know wanted to work on a web project and he's like yeah and uh, and then he asked me to do some stuff for him and i was like yeah sure so we just started collaborating and and uh throwing projects back and forth and um you know that happened that that happened for about a like a, almost a year and then you know instead of him going to work for me or me going to work for him we just said you know let's just start something fresh together. And that's why we started four or five. Cause you were both kind of doing your own freelance thing, but just as your own. Cause I think John did sent me yeah. that he had taken a screenshot of the, uh, the Twitter thread and it was like, Hey, you know, it's just really me. And then you said, it's just really me. And so you yes. would contract stuff out. And so instead of just contracting stuff out to each other, you guys decided. So, um, it kind of leads us to the next, um, kind of question, but I want you to answer this one first. So um, why call it forefathers group? And that's something you guys decided. 
Yeah, John and I decided, and we were just discussing it uh, beforehand and about you know how it came about. And um, I remember the process of putting the imagery together, and then it kind of got cloudy of why we called it Forefathers. But uh, turns out that um, uh, John was just about to have a child, and I just had my second child. So that's where the fathers came about. And then John was way into the, you know, that whole Americana vibe. If, John, you can, you can pick up the pace, the pace here because you remember it a little bit better than I do. To go back a little further, we have the first course. I think I sent it to you, Diane. We have the first correspondence between myself and Matt from Twitter. And that was in, I think it was January 27, 2010. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I still had that conversation. And that was kind of how that started. I don't know if we can we show that. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to show it because it's so funny, and I kind of wanted to make fun of it because the bromance in this message is palpable. Right. No, man, I love you. <laughs> no, but you. We still talk like that though, because it's always, <laughs> always been like that. So we came from this. I knew who Matt was way before he ever contacted me. Now I didn't know him personally. I didn't know his name, but I knew Sons of Nero. And I mean, that's could be a whole nother topic, but I knew who he was. So when he reached out, I kind of had a, a, a like a fanboy kind of moment because I thought, wow, there was another guy that kind of designed like me that I've watched from afar. And he contacted me over something that I did. So immediately we had this kind of common ground of we kind of designed it a little, uh, at least kind of the same. Mm -hmm. um, now, I don't think he was doing as much web stuff as I was. I don't know. I mean, were you doing any front end back then, Matt? If it was, I think it was pretty pr preliminary, wasn't it? Oh, dude, yeah, it was like rudimentary stuff. Yeah, and it, it was, was only out of it was only out of necessity, more, uh, as opposed to like really wanting to do it. So we didn't know exactly what our roles would be. We just knew we had this admiration for each other, and we thought, well why not we we both want to do something different so why not link up and, and try a couple of projects together and i'm trying to pull up the thing sorry oh yeah and no worries and immediately um we just clicked the way that we we could talk to each other the way that we could say our constructive criticism was never met with hurt or ego or anything like that. It was very, it was very much just a rooted, we're trying to get the best thing that m myself and you can do with what we know. Right. And it's, it's always kind of been that way. And it, that's definitely the way that it started. And I think we, we realized very, very quickly, we can't really leave each other. <laughs> well, I mean, it's as weird as you want to say, or however you can say that, I, I think that's the most honest way I can say it. So is I, I need this guy in my professional life. So why? So what was it that he, what was the need or the thing that he met that you weren't getting otherwise? Love. No, <laughs> I needed so much love. You have no idea. I'm the neediest. I'm so needy. No, it was, um, it was kind of like finding somebody who worked like I did and worked at the same pace, but also was aiming for the style that I was aiming for. So it was in a way we were kind of like, I won't say carbon copies of each other, but we were like kind of this 
this same version of ourself, but a little left of center of what we can do. So it was, it was almost like having another me to an extent, but with a different wealth of knowledge. So it, it, it was just apparent that, yeah, we got to work together and we got to continue working together. There's just, we're not going to do this job or whatever and just split. And we never did. And so we, we, I think we made that choice pretty quickly. And yeah, that's kind of how fathers, forefathers came about. Yeah, and anytime, it was weird. Like the working relationship was so smooth, but also because um, without even trying to or planning it, we both knew, like we just both worked in the same like schedule and trajectory. We just like, anytime I was on Skype, he was on Skype. Anytime that, you know, I was emailing, he was emailing. And it wasn't like we're total workaholics, but we were like, always in sync without even having to connect with each other. And it, and it so that made it way easier. Like so, I wasn't waiting for him to get online to start work or whatever. We were just always working together. You just innately just communicated in the same vein. And so the way you worked, the, your design passion, all that stuff just went hand in hand. And it was also probably good that you both knew each other's work um, and had seen each other it wasn't like just a first kind of meeting thing right yeah yeah okay. go ahead yeah it was it was very strange how we we both were aware of each other but had never really met and i guess the design i i guess the design industry was a little was quite a bit smaller then so i guess those circles were smaller and obviously we we designed kind of the same way so our circles were even smaller and it, we were eventually going to meet that was just how we met. Cool. All right. So um, John did and I talked about this. So I'm going to let you kind of answer this. Um, and I, something's wrong with the email. So I can't pull it up. I'm going to try to pull it up on my phone and forward it to my other email. Um, so how, so sometimes there's the, a fear cycle of needing a job and going freelance can be one thing. And then I think the next step, the, the further step, which actually Focus Lab talked on, and Alicia was actually on that panel at Creative South uh, maybe three years ago now, um, about taking that next step of actually joining and making a, a, a team, a union, a company. It's actually three kind of different places in your life. And so how do you just even go out of the, the fear of the needing a job? How do you get out of that? I don't, John, I don't, I, I don't have a, I don't have a special answer for that. I, I can tell you how I did it. And I got canned from my first design career job uh, after three years in and the place was awful. It sucked. I didn't know that at first, you know, because I was just taking whatever job I could get in that industry. And through those years, I kind of figured out, wow, this place doesn't know what they're doing. And <clears throat> When I after the putting the years in, I, I I found out how not to run things and how not to just how not to work in in this industry. I think, and I got fired. I got laid off in two thousand nine, I think. And I remember saying, "Well, I'm not I'm not going to go look for another job until I have zero dollars," and that's when I'll go look. And I had a stack. I had a stack of. Um, Oh yeah. But no children at this time. Zero kids at this time. Zero. <laughs> I was not married at this time. I was, I owed nothing to no one. It was, 
it was probably the only time in my life I could do something like that. So I didn't, I didn't have any job. I did. I barely had any money. I moved in with a friend. I moved out of my apartment and I had a stack of applications to like various restaurants to go be a waiter or whatever, bartender, whatever. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll go put these in when I hit zero dollars. And all I'm going to do is try and get work. That's it. That's all I'm going to do. I don't care if it's emailing till three in the morning, submitting my site to whatever, where, wherever I can. And that's all I did. And luckily it never hit zero and I just kept going. I just, yeah, I took really bad jobs at that time. It was not the most creatively fun or satisfying work. Some was, but the fact that I was getting to do it and riding this roller coaster of just like white knuckled the whole time. Oh my God. Oh my God. When's the bottom going to fall out of this? Right. was really, really, really testing and pretty scary at the time. And, uh, that was, I think, I think when you just leave yourself no option to go anywhere else, you'd be amazed at what you can do. And that's really, I, I, I think as long, as long as you just do not leave a plan B, I guess, or, <laughs> or if you have a plan B, make sure it's not within reach really quickly. That's about gotcha. all I can say is, yeah, just don't so, shake. Don't shake. Right. Too much. So one of the things, John, and this one's to you. So one of the things that I was amazed at is that you guys had never met and that I didn't know how you were communicating. I didn't know how. I mean, and it wasn't like you'd just been working together for three or four months. This is years that you'd been working together. So what how do you think? And I think this is a great way. The way life is, we can actually communicate with other people, obviously, around the world and it can it can work. So what are some keys that was really important to to finding how you three could work together and that when you have to hire other contractors as well, but what's the secret to finding people that you can work with and are there sort of special things that you look for? And then are there kind of deal breakers? I, I, John think I was, I was thinking about this today. I think we're really fortunate because there's a lot of like-minded people within this industry. Uh, we might, we all might have our disagreements and different opinions on stuff that, I don't know. I wouldn't really consider all that big of a deal at the end of the day, but there's a lot of people that think exactly like you do or exactly like we do. So that's helpful. People want to create their best work. So they wake up to fulfill this. It starts with a selfish desire. I mean, let's be honest. It, it is a selfish, it comes from a selfish place and that's okay because sometimes you are creating for yourself. I know that you're creating for other people, but you have to have that desire to create for yourself more usually for the, than for the other person. So already having that drive is probably the first thing, just knowing that the, the person is, they're going to be waking up and creating whether you're there or not. That's the biggest thing. Um, the second biggest thing is how they manage their time. Uh, time management is crucial, 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 crucial. With Amir, you, you know, Amir is obviously, what are you, seven hours ahead of Eastern time? Six hours ahead of Eastern time? <clears throat> yeah, six. But Amir doesn't, Amir doesn't care about 
working on our schedule because that's better for him. So, because I'm a child. <laughs> but there was times where, when I was working from home, and especially when Matt was working from home, where we were just—that's all we were doing was working, and you know, whether it was morning or night or whatever, that's what we were doing. So that's how we were managing our time, and we just happened to be managing it the same way. And I think that's probably the biggest, the second biggest thing. And then also you got to be good at what you do. Just making sure that the person is good at what they do, making sure they're not phoning it in, making sure that they're actually pushing themselves to go to that area to where they're, they're trying to outdo themselves. I mean, I know there's a, there's always a job on the line. There's always a, a deadline that you're wanting to aim towards, but at the end of the day, you're always trying to do your best work or your best, your best job is your, is, is the next job type of thing. So I think with those three things, you can find people that work exactly like you. I think, I think that's probably the three biggest things. All right. So, so this one's to Amir. So you came to the group a little later. So how much later? So they started like five years ago or uh, they started working together 10 or six years ago, but five years ago as forefathers group. So how did you get roped in? How did they find you? We discussed this just before we went on here. I think seven months in, was it that? It was probably about six or seven months. Yeah. Yeah. It was in February, 2012. Yeah, uh, we were still debating who, how we got in contact. But as far as I remember, John reached out to me and said that they were a bit too smashed with work. And they had another illustrator and brand designer called, well, not called, his name is Dan Greta from Boston. He is uh, fantastic. And he was working with them and he was a bit too smashed with the branding and the illustrations and everything. So they needed uh, someone to come in and take over a couple of projects, which was actually the first project we did is, is still a client to Forefathers, and he's pretty big now. His name is, uh, what's his name? Norton? Lane, Lane Norton. Lane. Lane Norton, yeah. Bio Lane. So heavyweight to coach or heavyweight lifter and yeah, PhD, everything. So we did his thing and we did another thing and we hit it off. But Dan was still like inside Forefathers as the main the main uh, brand illustrator, like, like brand identity guy and illustrator. So I was just on a couple of projects on and off. And then Dan split. He went to he went solo, didn't he? Before no, he weren't he, he moved out to California to well, that work. was the second time. He split twice. Oh. Uh, Who knows? That was the time that he was he was with us most uh, the full time was yeah he went out to California. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so I was in for a while and then Dan came back full time. I stepped out again and I was always working for myself at the same time, like in parallel with these guys. But I think it was I think two years ago. Dan left for good to go to, was it Napa he went to? Worked for like a vineyard. Mm -hmm. And then I stepped in full time more or less. And they were still undecided, I think, I think Matt and John did, because 
I think you guys were actually looking for someone to be employed, right? Yeah, we were we were on the fence with full time contract yeah. or full time illustrator. But I was in since I'm in Sweden, it's just weird. It's I can't get on payroll and yeah. Right. So that's something else like to think about. So why so for people who didn't see at Creative South, so why aren't you just uh, another partner or why aren't you just uh, another there is issues with working because you're not um, you don't have a green card and you're not in the United States or whatever, correct? Exactly. And like if Obama is watching, you can just send me one right now. Is, yeah, he watches uh, a lot. Yeah, I say yeah, I'm in here. So. He's in here. Yeah. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. So uh, the thing is, like, it's hard to, like, yeah, the bureaucracy around it is a bit weird. So I just stay on contract to contract on every project. But he's not like a he's not like a hired gun. You know, like he's not someone that we like. Hey, we got a project with for you. Here it is. Like he's very much ingrained in each project. So though he's not like in the states with a green card, he's still as much a forefather as John and I are. So. It, it really is just a technicality. And it, yeah. if that was not an issue, it would you it would be the three of you and Alicia, right? As yes. your uh, oh, yeah. the first lady. We can't yeah. afford um, her though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too much. Too you much. too many pizzas. Too many pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, but really, that's just a technicality. If that ever came to be, but it's really like you're part of every product project. You're part of the the vision of the company. It's really just a technicality. It's really the three of you as this partnership. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So really gaining trust, you came early on. It wasn't, you were just looking for great talent. The two of you, as you found him and Dan, you were just looking for great talent and somebody also that did those three kind of areas that worked well with you on those that were passionate, that were really good at what they did, were driven, and then could could communicate with you, um, right? Yeah, we needed it. We, we in, in short, we needed an illustrator that worked like we did as print designers or web designers. That's what we need. So, um, so Amir, one last question. So as you're in the beginning, kind of gaining their, um, gaining their trust, think about somebody else kind of in your shoes that's working with another company, a small company. What would you say? You're always over delivering. You're really passionate. What are you doing to like, let them want you to be so much ingrained in their company? How do you become more than just a contractor? I'm not sure actually. Uh, just do be you, do you, and do hundred percent. Should be good. So what do you? It. What do you guys think? What did he do that made you stand out that you wanted him to be ingrained? To me, I think that the go ahead. Sorry, John. Uh, I was just going to say that for us, the biggest thing on everything, when it, either between each other or between uh, client work or between, you know, uh, potential freelance guys, it, it all comes down to communication. If you don't have a solid, you know, stream of communication, you're just, you're dead in the water. I mean, it just so happens that Amir 
and John and myself all like share a really warped sense of humor. So like it just clicks between the three of us. But it's never but it but it's always that stream of communication that we have that that makes it um, work, you know, and it, as long as you, you you have that, you know, and you, you're not afraid of it, then you can go anywhere. I think that also the chemistry was just there from day one. It was just wisecracking and yeah. So how, how do you find out that the chemistry is there? Are you getting on Skype calls early on? Like what are you just on Twitter? Like how do you start those? So if, think about somebody who wants to do something like this. How do they find somebody? Um, how would they how would they find if the chemistry is working? For me, I think there's so much communication that goes into this job that I think if you put the years in and you put the time in, you know how to read an email right away. You know how, or if you jump on a call, you know, you know that voice. You know it. You know the voice of certainty and uncertainty. Mm. And you can hear it. And I think we just, I don't know. I, I've grown, at least for me, I've grown up using email my whole entire life. And I think, I think it can even be boiled down to that one little thing to where when you shoot somebody an email that you might want to work with, their response back, you can gauge really quick if they want to work with you, what type of work they do for you. If it took them a week, probably don't get back to that person. I don't know, there's all sorts of things right. to find out really, really quick about somebody on this communication wavelength that isn't vocal, actually. So I think we kind of knew with Amir, I think our first conversations together were through Skype and we just at least I knew this guy can converse just like I do. He, he thinks the same way if thinking the same way and being able to be honest with each other is bar none, the top, that's the top honesty. It doesn't One thing have, also, sorry, go ahead. I was, I was just, I'll wrap it up. It, it doesn't have to be a brutal honesty. It doesn't have to be a, a matter of fact honesty, but being able to converse even when you don't see eye to eye is mm. one of the biggest things. What were you going to say, Amir? Oh, I was just going to say, like, apart from just good communication, it's creepy sometimes when we have, we get a brief and we both have the, or all three of us or two of us have the exact same idea what we want to pitch, like theme by theme wise. So that's like creepy sometimes. That word. So we think alike, like a lot alike. So, so brothers from other mothers. Yeah. yeah. So Kevin had a question. He said, "What's your react? What reaction have you received since your no revision announcement on Monday?" Both in the design community and from clients, we had we had the best email yesterday come through um, from another designer, and it just said t subject no revisions dot dot dot, and then in in the body of it was just a gif of someone laughing, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, damn, that's that's fucking awesome, you know? That's really a oh, whoops. Sorry. Um, that's <laughs> He was going to be the censor guy. I knew, uh, I knew yeah, it was going to be somebody. I knew it was going to be somebody. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Oh, boogers. Shoot boogers. That's Shoot right. Boogers. Shoot boogers. He's F bomb, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But no. Um, yeah, no, from the design community, it's been pretty, pretty awesome. Um, well, and I, I also think it takes time. It's not like somebody straight out of school can be like, hey, I don't do any revisions. It's also that you guys have worked and you know, and you actually know about a company and you do the right research and you kind of have an idea of what is good for that company. And you're, you want, they know that you're on their team. And we can, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but it's not like you're just doing your thing and then you're going to put them to the side. I mean, one of your things that you're super passionate about is getting on board for them and making sure that you're giving them what they, they really need. So the no revisions isn't about being cocky. It's about knowing, it's about kind of maybe not overworking something to death or. Well, we overwork it. We just don't beat it to death. Okay, not beating it today. That's one yeah. thing that I did want to say, not to get off complete topic, but just because we implemented no revisions doesn't let us off the hook with what we design. In fact, it puts us more on the hook. So, yeah, and that, and one um, one of our developers, he he was asking, "Hey, what's this all about?" And he's like, "Is it you know, is it you know, your way or the highway?" and I was like, hey, dude, it couldn't be further from that. And he's like, well, what if, you know, what if they come back and they, they just don't like it or they want revisions? And I was like, well, we, then we didn't do our job. Like we didn't do our job to, to vet the project the way that it should have been vetted. You know, we need to already be so confident on, on for moving forward before we Amir or what, whoever puts pen to paper, then, to even start that, you know, we, no reservations before we get started. And uh, that this helps a lot. It's also like is just the most important thing. Like if you put down right. a really, if you put down the foundation solid enough, then you shouldn't need to do revisions. If the client's on board with the direction visually and everything, yeah. That's, that's something you can put more time into. And so, John, didn't you kind of talked to me about that the other day? You said you kind of do an emotional audit. And so you actually ask a lot of questions on your in your questionnaire, which is actually on your website, which I'm going to share that link real quick. Um, do you want to talk about that real quick? I know we're kind of going off our we're not going in order, but no, no, it's totally fine. Uh, that's the that's the biggest thing that we do with people is or with new clients it's, we call it the emotional audit. It's where we kind of have to throw on a, almost kind of like this psychiatrist type of hat and ask them questions that they might not think pertains to their project. But we, we want to know what kind of people they are. I think if you, if, you, if you learn how somebody is or down to their mannerisms or what, what they like, what they dislike, what they like in their everyday lives, you can really get a sense of who that person is as a character. And it can come through when, let's say you're doing web design or you're doing illustration for them or you're doing branding for them. If they're kind of a funny person and they like quirky stuff, you can run that way. If they're kind of a serious person and they want they want kind of things more, I don't know, somber or with very with a serious tone, you can run that way. You can get a really good sense of how somebody is through that initial communication, which is what we call the emotional audit. Because we'll ask them things that 
don't really have anything to do with their design. And we want to know that stuff. We want to know what makes them tick. We want to know things that they don't like. We want to know things that they do like, what kind of people they are, and kind of ingrain ourselves in them. So when we're designing, we can think, okay, I know I've got a sense of what type of person this is. Now, are they going to like what I'm creating for them? Right. So Johnny asks, does somebody buy into your philosophy and process because of your past success? Yes. Success is. Mm-hmm. Our portfolio is, is, is our biggest moneymaker. And that's another reason why we implemented the no revision process, because we, as, as just like any other designer, have had projects kind of taken over or someone even said sabotaged yesterday. I don't know if I would use that word, but been taken over to and gone into an area to where our professional critique gets trumped by the client and the project goes, it can go off the rails or it goes south. And you're then trying to pull the project along to finish it. And that's a bad area because you're trying to finish it up for the client and, you know, obviously get paid, but your portfolio takes the biggest hit because that could have been the project that was the make or break for new, new work. So you're actually robbing from your future self when things like that happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, our, a lot of the work we come, comes, comes to us, comes through our past work. So anytime we're making something, we have to keep that in mind and say, well, we want this to be a case study. We want this on the portfolio. This project, while we're making money with this project, is also going to make our future money. Right. So, so Johnny asked, he has an agency that's 10, year, 10 years old. So he said, would um, he, they have a certain approval process, which maybe you've had before, but this is not something you just dropped one day and you were like, we're not doing this. This is something you've been building up to. You had to build up that the whole emotional audit. And that was something you built up first to make sure it was working before you completely said no revisions, correct? Yeah, but the, you know, the words no revisions, I mean, that's like a, that's kind of like the stinger, you know, like, oh, I want to see what, what these guys are talking about. Right. It's so much more than that. And, and it's so much, it's so much less than that at the same time. Like, we're not saying that we're, we're not going to, like, the revisions are being done. They're just being done by us. Like, you know, and there, and if there is a revision, it's for the greater good. It's not like, oh yeah, you know what? Just change that yellow. Boom but why there's no yellow in this at all. You know, it's like that kind of stuff. And I mean, obviously that's like a really juvenile like example, but um, you know, that's like, there's, it's so much more than that. And it's funny because when, before we launched the, we we launched it, I had my wife proofread it, read it. And my wife is, uh, she hires digital agencies a lot for what she does. And, um, it, and I like, I was, I was kind of worried to let her read it. Cause she, she's really good with grammar and whatnot. John didn't call her, 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 his grammar spirit animal yesterday. True. <laughs> and, uh, and she, there was one section where she was like, eh, I wouldn't say that, but it was, it was at the very beginning and it wasn't anything to do with the no revision. When she got to the no revision, she's like, Oh yeah, this makes total sense. You know? And 
like and wh where i thought she was going to be like that where that where the the knee-jerk reaction to be go you know what guys i don't think i would hire you based on this like she's just like no that that totally makes sense you know so once you read it and i i posted the link if you guys want to read it if you guys haven't um it makes it makes total sense so though the title is very like strong it it's very well thought out it's about doing the work previously and making sure yeah. that you guys aren't dropping the bomb anywhere like you or the ball anywhere not the bomb i don't know what i said that. okay let's get back to uh, well, the next question sorry, I'm, I'm sorry two seconds can i, can I be excused for 20 seconds yeah, okay yeah. i'll be right back to going as quick as i can you have to go vape he's gonna fill the vape up <laughs> okay so um matt it can yeah. Tell me what hats everybody wears because it's just the three of you and then you hire some contractors to do some other things. Um, so, like, what hats does everybody wear? And then can you come back and, like, tell us what, like, Amir's strengths are and how you use those and what are Jondon's and then what are yours? Okay, so um, for the longest time we were all – it was it was kind of – wishy-washy with with the hats you know we were we were placing them on each other's head a mm. lot and uh um we started doing business coaching about a year ago and the one of the things that our business coach talked about was you know you guys need to clearly define your roles in the company mm. like what are you guys doing you know like stop doing stop doing certain things because you're going to maximize more of your potential if you start to focus on what you really like to do. And at the time I was not liking doing web design. And though I was doing it, I was like, I mean, John is a beast. And I was like chasing him. And I was like, dude, this is, I mean, we want to make sure that we're, you know, put, putting out the, the maximum output, you know, and, and um, and he was just he's just crushing it. So and I was like, but I like doing front end development. I like doing the development stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm going to put my my focus on that. So to answer your question, I do a lot of the focus. Or I do a lot of the front end um, and and web development as well as a, a, all of the bookkeeping and accounting. And um, and then Jondon does all the design. Amir does the uh, uh, illustration and branding. I mean that would if that's like in simple terms, but then all three of us um, are responsible for any um, client acquisitions and you know uh, um, any of that the back behind the scenes things with the clients. So like meetings with clients, that's something well, that all three of you kind of do. Well, or? a lot of the times it's me and Jondon, um, just because Amir. I mean, it, sometimes it's the time zone doesn't doesn't work. Sleep. Yeah. Plus he's a big angry bear and he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't like people. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, it's mainly, mainly like times, uh, time zone things. And so John and I will handle all the, the client calls and, and, uh, the, the initial conversations. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. So Amir, do you, um, find it best that, um, if any of your skills overlap, like, do you, if you're working on something, will you, um, get one of them to kind of look at it? Or do you guys think that it's best that you guys have these, these special superpowers individually? Yes, definitely. For sure. Uh, I, I think it will be, 
it will be weird if we did the same thing. I think it's it's nice to have it divided. Even like when it comes to client communication, like who handles what and stuff like that. I used to do everything myself. And when I I used to do all the invoicing, all the contracts I wrote up myself, all the meetings, all the back and forth, everything. I was really fatigued and worn out on that when me and John and Matt started doing this full time. It was perfect timing. Uh, but not only that, but you can, I, I used to work with web back in like the late 90s. So I have some background in web, but I used to work with a user experience agency in, in Norway on a few projects where they learned, taught me a lot about user experience, which I find fascinating. Uh, so I, I can still have some input without being a complete, like, uh, without being completely clueless. So we can all speak about uh, all the things we do together and give each other feedback and critique and put positive, positive and, and constructive and, well, so like uh, Derek um, Friday asked about like brainstorming and concepts. It sounds like sometimes you guys do them alone and then you come back and then you have the same kind of idea. So is that something like you set time in a, in the process of a new client to like come and talk together, just the three of y'all? Yeah. yeah, we try to, we try to get together on Skype or, uh, you know, uh, hangouts or whatever to go over all projects before you know, either before they start or if I have a conversation, we'll all jump on online. And that's the, the beauty of, you know, uh, the internet and in all these outlets that you can communicate with each other. It's, it's very easy for me to just wake everybody up and go, guys, I had an awesome phone call, jump on Skype or whatever. And we, we, we can do that. But going back to what you were you were saying about the hats thing, mm -hmm. I want to just point out that for a long time we weren't we were very much overlapping each other. Like Jonathan and I, uh, the way we used to work were like we would have a bunch of jobs come in or whatever, and we would almost without thinking about it divvy it up. Mm -hmm. Like okay, you t like and it was it was only divvied up by who responded to who first. So if Jonathan happened to respond to the client he was the lead on that project. And if I started, if I was the point of contact, then I was a lead on that. So I was doing design on these projects and development. John was doing design development on these projects. And then we were like, this, this stinks because, you know, we're not working together. We're working almost parallel to each other side by side, though we were always bouncing our stuff off with each other. Like he wasn't, I mean, he was very much in charge of those projects. And I was very much in charge of these projects. And so as soon as we said, you know what, let's, let's clearly define our roles, then all projects became forefathers. And that's, that's where we really saw the, the up, upturn and just and everything started to click. So was that before the coach or was that after the coach? It was after the coach, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the coach was awesome. So, but there's other things that you guys do, like you do marketing. John, and this one's to you. Um, who does the marketing? Who does the writing? So, Matt, did you write the no revisions, and then you guys all kind of write the declaration together, which is your ebook? Um, how do you handle client issues? Who does that, and who, like, you guys will meet with the clients, but is it together you guys meet with the clients? John, John. yeah, usually with clients. It'll, it will be myself and Matt. If it's a big branding project that's coming across, we'll all three get on it. Um, and that's kind of 
we, we try to ingrain ourselves as, as much as we can with all three of us, but obviously because of some people's time zones versus ours, it can only be myself and Matt. And sometimes just Matt or sometimes just myself. Uh, writing, I do. I to kind of go backwards a little bit. When we got our business coach, I was doing front end development and design. And I used to be I used to be one of those people who thought, well, if you're a designer, you got to code your own stuff. Sorry, that's just the way it's going to have to be. And the more we talked about kind of the problems with our businesses, with our business and trying to grow, we we, we found out we were just we're spinning too many plates, each of us. Mm-hmm. And our business coach said, all right, it's it's time. You got to you got to figure out what you want to do and you got to pick one and you got to stay with it. So I said, all right, I'm done front end developing something I did for a good decade. I just threw it in the trash and said, I'm done. I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. And I, I feel like that was a really smart decision. So to counteract that, I thought, well, what I'm going to do then is find out other ways to help grow forefathers while I'm not doing front end. So I'm going to get better at web design and I'm going to get good at writing for us and, and putting ourselves out there more. And so that's what I did. I didn't, I didn't want to necessarily do that at first, but I knew it needed to be done. So I started writing and I wrote pretty much every, everything since, even with the no revision thing. I don't think, Matt, you could probably agree. I don't think Matt was 100% on board with that. I don't think, I think Amir was. Amir was pretty much with me. <laughs> Amir was with me. But when I started writing that, I just had, I, I had to think, okay, if this is going to work, we have to do it to where we all three agree on it. And I'm going to have to write my way through it. But, but something has to be done type of thing. Right. So I do the writing. Uh, marketing, we're really heavy on what we're heavy on. We're heavy on Dribbble. We're heavy on Instagram. Uh, I do all of our site updating, obviously. So basically the forefathers – Website, I've, I've pretty much taken that on. Um, but yeah, a marketing outside of that, we, we live on our site. We live on Dribble. We like Instagram. That's that's the that's the. Cool. I think people who follow all three of us and forefathers on Instagram hate us. Yeah, we're not Snapchatting or anything like that. No, so, but they hate us because we post the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry like, to anybody who follows all of us on Instagram or anything. Last night after yeah. dinner, my girlfriend was like, really? And she was like... I don't like this. It was just four things coming. Same thing. So, so, but that, that's somebody asked that earlier, Jay, and I, I promise I try to get to all those questions. He asked about customer acquisition. So who's doing that? How does that happen? So people just find you and then it's word of mouth or, or are you doing, we always Uh, had, we always had the mentality. If you do, if we do, if we do what we're doing well, we don't have to chase. We don't have to mm. chase. Chasing is feels cheap. We we tried it before, and it just never feels. Yeah, it feels. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. And that was our thing: is just make good stuff. If if you build it, they will come. It, it, I know it's cheesy as that. I'm going to throw a filled dreams <laughs> reference out. No. <laughs> I'm going to Kevin Costner everybody right now. That's true. But what about like it's also staying in people's minds. It's having your up your site updated and being um, consistent about posting on Dribble and on Instagram. So, I mean, it's not like you're posting once a month. You're what is your posting strategy for those different platforms? 
Amir's dribble That's king. Amir is dribble king, so he could tell you all the secrets of. Would you want to? You want to give him your your dribble secrets, Amir? You might. Wanna yeah. Pay, you want to pay for that? <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Put a PayPal link in here. I'll put a PayPal link up. In <laughs> Everyone else, get out. So basically, like I tried to make a science out of it back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, and I noticed that like Mondays and Wednesdays are the best days to post if you're posting two things in a week. Which we rarely do these days, but yeah, Mondays and Wednesdays because the first day of the week everyone's back to work. Uh, Wednesday, middle of the week, and you don't want to spam, so you don't want to do Monday, Tuesday. And you gotta find a time where it's everyone's awake. So you do it when it's morning in the states, uh, afternoon here, and evening in Australia. So you do it at, uh, let's see, four, between 4 and 6 p.m. here. So that's between... Lunchtime. Yeah. US. Yeah, right pretty much. Like so 10 like to 12. 10.30 Central, probably. Yeah. So this is what I love is that Amir's thinking globally. And I don't know if that was like something that just because of where he does have a lot of... Um, you know, clients that are globally, was that something that was so attractive to you guys? Cause he, I mean, he does have such a, somebody was like, he's dribble God. So. I don't know. It's not something that we really thought about. It's, I wish that we could sit here and say there's, there was some crazy science to everything that we've done, but there's not. That's what I, that's why we wrote our ebook is I don't even like the, the term process so much. I feel like it's kind of buzzwordy at this point. So I wanted to say, okay, here's what we do when we design. And it's, it's like four steps. That's it. And what it is is beating our head into a wall until something good comes out. That's what it is. It's, there's, no, there's no recipe or formula. There was never any recipe or formula when finding Matt or finding Amir or starting Forefathers. Mm-hmm. It was just really white-knuckling through this crazy industry that allows people to white-knuckle through it. Now you have to be good at what you do, but you have to be, you have to have a pioneer spirit, I guess you could say. Well, you also have to kind of know who you are and what you want to do. And, yes. and, and you also have to be willing to grow because it is a, a flexible field. It's not like it, you're going to do the same thing forever. So I think that teachable spirit has to be there. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, and you have to really, and you have to be really passionate about, or you have to stand behind your work a hundred percent. There, there, there can be no faltering, you know, and, um, and as soon as you get comfortable and confident with your work, then, then the work really starts to shine. Put out what you want to do. Like if you do a project and you feel, oh, this stunk, this was really boring. Uh, and I don't like the outcome. I should post it anyway, because I need to fill out my portfolio. Like, don't do that. Like put out what you want to do, build your own sort of, uh, in Swedish, it's called like, uh, oh, sorry. Now, now this is where I started Curse. No more. <laughs> shoot but boogers like, is a good alternative. Yeah. Hey, how do you say shoot boogers in Swedish, in Sweden? Uh, oh, like directly translated? <laughs> no, I Fruit snow okay. <laughs> but no one says that, like. No. Anyway, uh, so 
Yeah, like build your own. Uh, what would you call it? Like sort of build your own. Ugh, I can't find the word for it, but create your own sort of. Uh, like what? What you want people to ask you to do? Put that out. Don't put well, out things that you just did to pay the bills. Right. Or something Only that got revised into to Alan back and just turned to shit. Right. Okay. You were Almost. working on you did really good not cussing in the beginning of that. <laughs> Thanks. I gotta Please. drop an F bomb just to even myself out here. Diane, you have to type as well. Oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the internet would just turn off. I know, yeah. right. That's how we're gonna close you know, this. Amir, nobody says shoot boogers but me. Like that's not like a, a barely known. I think, I think first call I said that that sounded worse than any cuss word we said. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. put worse images in my head than the. I just Much snorted. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is a real quick question, Amir. Answer this one. Do you think working together as a group gives you more leverage with clients than telling when you're telling them what they need to do instead of just pushing out what they think they definitely without a doubt it's so much easier when you have a team behind you than doing it yourself i always do it myself as well but it's just i have to fight more right right okay so matt here's one to you we kind of have talked about how y'all communicate and how often so how how do you deal with approval um or approving pieces maybe like the writing like the writing that uh, john did how does that go through the three of y'all as an approval process? And then how do you kind of get together? Is this somebody you guys talk about what you're going to do as the bid and then you somebody or John Den writes it or you write it, whoever writes it. And then it pushes out um, after all the three of you kind of look at it or what? Well, the, uh, the first couple, actually a lot of the writing that John and did that he's been doing has been, um, uh, has been based on uh, like experiences that we've just exp uh, that we've just gone through, um, and it's uh, it, it all kind of like stems off of that. And um, what good or bad, you know, just things that we've learned along the way with each process. And so when he's like, you know what, I want to write about this, it's kind of like we're already in that moment because we either just went through it or we where we have been talking about it. So we're like, yeah, we. And that sounds good. And he'll put it together. And I would say up until the declaration, anything he's written, we were like a hundred percent on board with like, not maybe some like, not, not to say like, I try to smooth him out or whatever, but like there, maybe there's a couple of things like maybe just change that. Cause it comes off a little bit wonky, but uh, up until that point, like he was, you know, I was, on board with everything he's he has written, and then it wasn't until the first, you know, um, version of the declaration I was like, I don't know, and that was the only time I was like, yeah, I don't know, man, this sounds too weird. I, it's it's I get what you're saying. It's just not, it's not where it needs to be yet, and believe it or not, we sent it to a client to read first. To get their, mm. to get his feedback on it, we happened to just land this client who just turned out to be one of us. He was just like, "Dudes, this works! Like, let's make something happen." And uh, we sent it to him, and he and he he uh, took a little while to get back to us. Yeah, Adam, and and he took a long while to get back to us. And then when he did, 
he said, you know, he was honest with us. We had a conference call about it, and he's like, guys, no, this is way too negative, you know. And he gave us some really, really good feedback. Great points. You know? Yeah, and I had a talk with him on Skype, like a, a long talk. I wrote that thing yeah. so angrily. I wrote, oh man, I was so angry when I wrote that thing. But yeah. <laughs> and we could have left it, but that's that's kind of how we work. We that's a, that's kind of also the other thing is when you work so long with with people, they don't even have to tell you that it's bad. They don't have to tell you that it's not there yet. You can you can gauge the reaction. And go from there. You don't. They don't have to. I think when by by this time Matt says his first sentence, I know. I know if it's good or bad. Right. All right. So this is a question that we had a lot of people er earlier, and I'm going to go a little over. If you guys have like five or ten minutes, is that okay? Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, something that this John and this is to you. Again, you're answering for everybody. Um, what was something that y'all did that really made a difference? And you kind of mentioned it, Matt mentioned it about having the business coach, or you did. Um, and you had told me about a business coach. And so somebody asked this already. Where did you find your business coach? We found how? him through a type artist letterer named Drew Melton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Drew Melton. Drew Melton sent out a tweet, and we were... I'm not gonna lie. We were in kind of dire straits with our with forefathers at the time. Uh, we were we were we weren't we didn't have a lot of work coming in at the moment. Um, we were going broke, and so we were kind of like, uh, we got to do something drastic here. And, we'll die. And it's weird because we didn't have a ton of money to throw around or anything, but we said, okay, if we're gonna do if if we're going to do something drastic, it needs to be some type of investment. And I swear it was, it was kind of like a serendipity moment where I saw the tweet and Drew Melton said, I think verbatim, he said, if you ever need help with your business and getting it to where you need it to be, hit this guy up. His name is Jason Bloomer. Jason and what? Bloomer, B-L-U-M-E-R. He's also a CPA as well if you need your taxes done, but... And, and that's the funny thing is that it goes one step deeper is that we knew who Jason was because at the time I was looking for a CPA and I was like, I need to get someone that knows how to do um, taxes within like the design community. And then Jonathan's like, dude, weird. It's the same guy, you know? So that's how we reached out to him. And he, okay. He, so he, go ahead. he helped us transform forefathers and really make some decisions that we wouldn't have made by ourselves. So this is, you knew there was a problem because of the going in and coming out. Like you knew that there didn't have enough yeah. stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, there was, there was a glaring issues. It, it, the, the boat, it, the boat wasn't sinking yet, but it was on its way. Well, you could kind of see that, right? Yeah. You kind of have an idea and you're talking about goals together as a as a unit, as a group. Mm -hmm. So what was your goal or what is your goal? So in the beginning, what was your goal for having a coach? And then what's your goal now? Because you still have your coach. Uh, right? the, the goal when we <laughs> – our goal when we went in was, oh, God, just keep four fathers alive. <laughs> okay. So Desperate. Yeah, we were like begging on our knees like uh, – 
I don't know. Which is a lot of people. Yeah, we were we weren't in good shape, and here we were going. Oh, let's save all of our money, and then let's spend some money on some business coaching that we have no idea if it's going to work or not. But here we go. So Can you we did that. Pour some in here too. Come here. That's what I've been sipping. <laughs> now, my, my friend, who's who I share the office, but's gonna kill me. Anyway, anyway Jason funny. Bloomer He's said I need. <laughs> Jason Bloomer said I need to drink this daily if uh, we want to succeed. So, <laughs> okay, so, so I, I just have to say this because Matthias is gonna kill me. He's he's the guy who I share the office. He sponsored me tonight with his own beer. This is his thing. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So and he owns this one as well. So. But I ran out of this regular beer, so I'm just going to drink this. So the goal, okay. the, goal, the goals when we started were to just save Forefathers, just save it. And then we worked through all of these really tough times. And now we're into an area of saying, okay, how do we get Forefathers? We never really wanted to grow it bigger. We never wanted to have, I want 12 people on staff. I want one of the cool building right, right. That, that didn't finish the roof inside, but it's really industrial looking. I, we were never, we never wanted that. We just wanted to do our thing with the, with each other in this industry and do the best work we could and maintain client relationships the best we can and get really cool projects. Just get cool things that we're excited about. So right. ma and maintaining that is tough. I know that's a very, it seems like a very uh, obtainable goal, but keeping it, going is actually really really difficult so all right so how long till you get past the survival mode like how long working with jason you never get past it so you still feel like you're in survival mode every day if you don't feel that way then you're not working hard enough no you know, like you're, if you if you get to a place where you're just comfortable, then the bottom can fall out at any moment. Mm -hmm. And I've been in that position. I've watched my friends like get too comfortable, and then all of a sudden they don't have a job anymore. I can and like some, something that they love to do, and it's gone, and it stinks to watch. You know, it really it's really disheartening. You know, and that's so, unless you're willing to fight for it. You know, it's. So I, I guess that's, that's the thing you always think is going to happen. Like one day I'll feel better. Like one day I'm going to feel more comfortable. But then I think when you do have employees or partners, you actually feel indebted. Like I've got to get this because we need to, everybody's got to get paid or we need to get this kind of work because we want to get the next kind of work or whatever. Um, so I guess that's kind of like the, I don't know. It's not truth. It's a, it's an untruth that we have, you get to a point where you realize that that, that isn't uh, going to happen maybe. Right. Yeah. And, but you just have to really love what you do along the way, right. because if you're working in a place where you just absolutely hate it and you're feeling like, Oh God, this, this job can leave at any moment. It's like, well, I hate it here. Why am I still here? Let it go away. Let me go find something I love to do. Like we'll suffer through the bad because we love the good so much. Right. And, and working together as this collective unit, like allows us to, you know, not only allows us to be dads and be friends and be, you know, husbands and, and, boyfriends and whatnot, but it's, it's, it allows us to like really appreciate what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, Amir's a husband and awesome. a boyfriend, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's my boyfriend. 
<laughs> so, so how, how does like working with a coach work? Does somebody contact somebody and then really word of mouth is how you got Jason's uh, name, I guess. Um, but is it something you, you are meeting with them once a week in the beginning, once a month, once a quarter? It's once a month. And, um, I'm going to try, I'm going to find him right now to post the link. Um, honestly, at first I was kind of weird about talking about Jason. Like I was like, Oh, well we need to, it's almost like, you know, you don't want to say that you, you know, you go to a shrink, but like there's absolutely no fault in that. You know, like it's great to talk to people, especially someone that's so removed from your agency that they can be a voice of wisdom Mm -hmm. without like being a part of it, you know? Right. And sometimes the voice of reason. Yeah. And it, and so now I like, I, I, I sing his praises daily. Um, so I'm trying to find his, his actual, um, uh, Johnny put his website up. It's okay, cool. B L U M E R.com. Perfect. Perfect. He is the best. He's so awesome. And he does a show called, um, Businessology, uh, Businessology podcast, and it's really, really eye-opening. So, if anyone wants to know about uh, value pricing and uh, the importance of really good, strong contracts and uh, proposals, like, dude, eye-opening stuff. All right, eye-opening. So, stuff. I gave you the option to not answer this because I send the questions to you guys early, and you didn't edit out this or either you didn't read all the questions through because they were so long or something so but how much does some how much does something like and you saw my misspelling of about which i actually caught and didn't change sorry um how much does something like that cost having a business coach because i actually think that as a designer and having a business this is a good thing for a lot of people to have but i think there is that fear of oh my goodness this is going to be a huge investment so how much does something like co- that cost? It's bro- like, I can't really, I mean, I don't want to blow up his spot. Right. You can you have know? like a general, like was, uh, I mean. I it's know. like, let's just say hundreds a month as opposed to thousands, That's you know, good. And, and let me- but it's, uh, but it can go for as long as you really want it to go. I wanna inter- because Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, w- I, no, I go do want to interject and say. That might sound expensive or you could say how much does something like that cost but what it would have cost us had we not done that is everything it would i i have no doubts that taking that step saved saved forefathers to to keep continue going and go down the road we are now i don't think i don't know if we would have made it past it with without i, thought that. I was the one to say forefathers but okay <laughs> So Amir did. I have a, I have a, <laughs> uh, Amir is actually Jason Bloomer, by the way. Sweet. That's how he's a husband and a boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> so do you have a contract with him or is it just a month to month thing? No, we, we go into a contract with him, but um, it's, so we did a full year, a, li- a year plus, I think. And then, and, and we were like, you know what? We're going to take a little time off. We're going to reflect on this. And um, I think we ended when? In like January, Jondon? Like it was like, when was it that we ended the first time with him? It wasn't very, no, it was like fe- very much. It was like February. It was that right after the holiday, I think. Yeah. So right after the holiday, we ended with him. And then we went to Creative South and we were like, dude, we need to get Jason on board again. Like, 
we talked about him so much at Creative South. Like we still need him in our lives, you know. Like he's and we came, we we reached out to him and we told him, like, dude, we talked a lot about you at Creative South. So hopefully you like get a little bit of something from this and and uh, it just realized that we need him as much as anything. You know, we need him to like be that voice of reason that we desperately seek. Right. Okay. So. so- um. Oh, Booker's. I forgot what I was going to say, and I ha- totally had it. It was something you were saying. Anyway, so oh, I know. It was kind of like Netflix. You put it on hold, and then you went back, and you could re up your thing. Yeah, we were. I think it ended in like February, and we said we'll see you in the summer. And instantly, like a month later, we were like, we we need coaching again because we've got this slew of new issues and, and new things going on. And and we also this is to to go back. It coaching was only between me and Jondon at first, and then when we went back, now now we we're dragging Amir into it, and so he can so he can experience the full force of Jason Bloomer. So um, somebody's asking about any examples of discussions. So all of the you know when you do hit something new in your business, you go to him with those kind of new issues yeah and he just basically said okay give me a rundown of what you guys do and we did like how do you guys function how do you guys work your you know your proposals how do you guys work your your acquisitions how do you guys work your projects and your project management blah 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 and we we gave him all that and he's like like why don't you try to do this or why don't you try to do that and it just seemed to open up these floodgates of like, Oh dude, why don't we try to do that? You know? And that's where we learned about value pricing. That's where we learned mm-hmm. about um, the, uh, the importance of, um, uh, of role assignment within the company. Mm-hmm. That was a huge one. That was the one that really made, made the biggest difference, I think. And then also the, the, the confidence building, you know, like the, you know, you need to you need to set your prices the way that you want to get paid, uh, and because a lot of time people undersell themselves, and uh, we were like in this fine line, is like where are we where's too much and where's not enough, and we need to find that sweet spot. And he he kind of helped us. He's like, there's no sweet spot. Get paid what you need to get paid. You know? And we realized right. something we, we realized- talked about it great itself too. We realized how many decisions we actually made based on fear, and you don't really mm. you don't really know it until somebody points it out. At least for us, and we, it was just a clear indicator of, all right, no, no more of that. That's that's got to change. So something John and I kind of talked about the other day was just being uncomfortable, and maybe that's kind of where you were, Matt, with the um, revisions thing. It kind of made you uncomfortable in the beginning, but maybe it just wasn't where it needed to be. But you were on board with where it was the goal of where it was going. So what? I would love to know from each of you, like, Amir, what's been uncomfortable, but it's really led to more growth later or growth even as you as a as a designer individually even? Can you answer that or is that a crazy question? I need to rephrase it. Do it one more time. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, so what has made you <laughs> uncomfortable, but you just went with it and you grew from it? Well, it's like when you have to tell a client that they're being idiots, but you have to do it in a nice way <laughs> and sort of convince them to go on, go on a route. Because uh, most of the time, 
when you're freelancing, you're, you're like this. Yes, 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 master, I'll mm-hmm. do that. And they're actually paying me so I can sleep till noon. So I have to do this. But you have to sometimes step up and tell them, like, you guys are totally on the wrong track. Like, this is not going to work. And the first time it's really scary and you think they're going to kick you in the face, but they don't. And the more honesty you put out there, the better you will do. So hmm. some people might take it, like, especially ad agencies. You have to be really harsh with them. And they can take anything because they're always in the last minute and they have no one. Because they're always wrong. Yeah, and they don't have any talent <laughs> working for them. That's why they hire you. Uh, so you can be pretty pretty straightforward with them. And when you start doing that and you start to realize that it works, you get more confident and you can do it again and again and again and get better results, basically. That's good advice. All right, what about you, Matt? Um, the I had a long – it took me a long time to get over um, saying no. Uh, to all projects like I was always afraid that if I said no to a gig mm. that the, the next one wouldn't come and it took me a long time and John and actually was the one that really got me out of that mindset it's like dude if this job sucks then say no like if and, and we, that's why we do so much um mm. That's the way while we do so much like uh, vetting before the, you know, beforehand, like a client comes to us and, you know, we want to do this. And I hate to say sucks. So that's pretty harsh. But a lot of times like the, uh, you know, sometimes those gigs just don't work with us. Right. Like we just know like through past experience that this isn't going to work out, you know? So let's instead. And, and I had a hard time swallowing like, well, if we say no to that, we might not have that job to pay for a payroll next couple months. And John is like, you know what? We'll be paying for it in other ways if we do take it. Mm. And I was like, dude, that, and it, and it totally made sense. So, you know, that was the biggest thing I had. To, that, that was the most uncomfortable thing I had to get over the whole, the whole time. I agree. And I also think it keeps your portfolio. If you're not ever able to do those really cool pieces, cause you're always taking these kind of crappy or pieces that don't fit in what your best at um it it doesn't get you to that long-term goal and it's going to narrow you to a point where you're you're only going to get those gigs and they're not you're not going to get the big ones because you've been working on um these these projects you don't like which you're in in turn you're not putting your best foot forward you're, you're putting your best work out there so you're you're just doing a disservice to yourself like you it's better to it's better to to risk not having that gig in hopes for the good one than to take a bad one and suffer through it the whole time. So again, it's about being honest, like, like what Emir had said before. Yeah, go. I just realized what I was trying to say before in Swedish, but didn't try to yes. Create your own demand. There we go. Mm. Yeah. Sorry to backtrack, but yeah, that was, that was the thing. (laughs) It just popped up. Sorry. No, that's great. Thanks, Amir. All right, John, and what about you? What's been uncomfortable? What's been uncomfortable? That's made um, you grow. Uh, probably the most uncomfortable part was was saying goodbye to um, the front-end coding, which I did enjoy. I, I enjoyed doing that. I liked it. And 
giving that up for the greater good, it, it almost kind of like a, a sacrifice type of thing, was really uncomfortable for me. I, it, it didn't, I hated to watch it go, but it had to be done. And because I, I, you, because why? Because like you, it was because, just fun? Well, because Matt and I were overlapping and I had to pick mm -hmm. my stronger suit, which was web design. I had to, I had to follow that. I had to, I had to go with that. And I, I have no regrets whatsoever. In fact, now, now that I'm looking at it with some time, I don't think there used to be a day where you could design in front end and be great at both. And I just think that that time has passed. So giving that up and now seeing that for what it is, uh, I, I don't think that was a mistake at all. Uh, but that was, it also freed you up to do like the writing and 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 do all like the digital goods that you've been selling too. It, so it's, it's yeah it's yeah come I, with a lot more. Yeah, it came with it came with more. I I I put things in place of it, and yeah, um, it's it, it it was fine. And I found out other talents that I had that I didn't know previously, and that's kind of what it is about about growing, especially growing the business, finding other talents that you that you don't know that you have and pushing yourself into areas that are uncomfortable. And that was, yeah, you, gotta find, you gotta sort of find your strengths and stick with that and put all your focus into that. It's like when you're going out for, if you want to go out and get Chinese food, you don't go to the place that has Chinese, Vietnamese and Thai. You go to the right. place that has Chinese food because you don't want to go to the hybrid place because they can only do one properly and the rest is going to be like half-assed. So, you want to go to the next one, sort of. That's how I see it. Yeah, that's good. Well, then you're also able to kind of really flush out your Chinese food, right? You yeah. can try different things within that one kind of menu. Yes, exactly. So you can be great at one of them, or you can be pretty good at all of them. Yeah. So that's try to stick with one of them. That's what I was getting at is – it's better to be to find that thing that you're just incredibly good at, and even if you enjoy that thing that you're kind of subpar at, and you really enjoy it, there's going to be a day we got to let it go. Yeah. Right. And sometimes you just have to do it. You just have to. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a, a business coach to say no more of this. You, you you're running yourself ragged trying to keep up with both of these things. Yeah. Right. Because back in the day, like in the. I think late 90s, early 2000s, when I was dabbling in everything, I was a web designer, I was a developer, and I was an illustrator, I was a grad, uh, brand identity designer. I just sort of had to find what was, yeah, you just find your strong point and stick with it. Because I, I realized, like, I did my first logo for my elementary school when I was, I don't know, let's see, I was 10 years old, I think. So I was like, I'm an idiot. Why didn't I just stick to that since I was 10? Why did I do all this other crap that I shouldn't be doing? Because I'm, I'm decent at it, but I'm not good at it. And stick with one thing and become great at it. Yeah. Pretty. All right. So um, K, K, whatever, KBI Design Group, we talked about that in the beginning. So you'll just have to watch the repeat because we're way over time and we can't, definitely can't. Um, so... Um, we only have actually two questions, which I never get through all the questions, which we did cover a lot. And I took a lot of notes. Um, but, um, w one thing that we talked about on the test when I meet with you guys was that I really want to talk about, and I don't care who answers this, 
Um, but the whole thing, do you guys have to go pee or something? Like no, you guys no, are getting no, real no, squirrely. No, I do at all times. <laughs> I, I have to pee all the Shane, time. Shane, Shane. I pace constantly. Shane Helm wrote something. He said, how did forefathers keep their hair? And he asked wigs. And, I, and our, <laughs> our inside joke at Creative South was, were the hair fathers. Hair fathers. And, and was doing that. I was doing this. In, in, yes. <laughs> and John just got a new haircut, I think. Like brand new. I did did you get it for today? It looks good. I did it just now. Yeah, I had the person that cuts my hair great. daily. <laughs> Come in here. God, that's a joke. I'm kidding. All right. So, but one thing, um, and I think this is why people like to work with you guys so much, is that you become part of their team and you feel really passionate about the clients that you work for. Can you talk a little bit about, I don't care who, it said John and Matt or Amir. So, go ahead. Let's talk John. about the, the, uh, the client, like becoming a client. So, we were talking and it was like, oh, wow, we really like to get on board and we like them to think that they're our only client in a way, you know, and it's it's because you're so passionate. You become ingrained in their business and you understand and you ask a lot of questions so that you can meet their needs better. And I think maybe that's something that a lot of a lot of designers maybe don't do a lot of maybe they do. But it was something that really I heard y'all say and that stands out to me. So I just wanted you guys it's to talk that about honesty it. policy. I think, I think once you stop trying to self, just stop trying to sell things, talk, talk to them like people that have problems because they got problems. They, they're trying to, they're, whatever they're trying to do, open a pizza restaurant, introduce their coffee, uh, get a beer out, whatever that is, they're trying to work through this list of problems and they need you to do it and stop trying to sell shit. Oh, sorry. You did it then. You got yeah. it. <laughs> Woo. Welcome to the club. Stop trying to sell thin. Yeah. Stop trying to sell shortcake. That's what I was saying. Right. Uh, just be honest and, and be just honesty. I, I think, I think that goes so far and I don't, I, I hope it's not lost in this industry, but it's always worked for us just leveling with people and saying, Hey, we're here. We're your team. We're going to, let's do this. Let's, let's, we've done this before. This is what we do. We do it every single day. Let's do it. Let's do it for you. But you're, you're authentic and that you really, it's not just about selling. You're, you're not taking projects just to pay the bills. You're taking projects that you want to, and that you want to see go forward I mean, and that you feel like you guys can add to. Yeah. Technically, so, I mean, technically we, we are trying to pay the bills, but that's not the sole purpose. That's the, that's what comes with what we do. I, I think if we show up and we're honest and we give it our all, the bills will get paid and it's right. There's no, there's no magic bullet. Just, just care, just care and give it 110% every time. And it, it'll work. I think one, one thing that I did a lot when I was doing before forefathers and be, well, at the beginning, I was hiding behind email too much. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as we, we got, we were like, you know what? No, this immediately needs a call. And as soon as you can get on that call, you know, right away, whether you click with somebody or not, you know, like if you have a terrible first call, then it's, it's pr probably a pretty good indication that the project's not, project's not going to work out unless it just happens to be like a terrible call, you know? Do like, you, do you, uh, what's your preference? Like a phone call or like yeah. a Skype call? 
Uh, we very rarely do video calls unless it's like asked of us. And uh, I mean, there's no real reason other than, I don't know, this is kind of weird. I, and I was telling you last time, I think I always look cross-eyed when I, I'm doing video <laughs> chats, but they, uh, but no, it's usually just a, a, you know, like an audio call, Skype call or whatever. And it, and it's just a conversation like Jonathan was saying, it's just, let's, let's get to know each other. You know, let's, let's do this forefathers bro down thing that we like to do and, and, and hang out and let, and find out what, what you need, you know? And we don't try to like we don't try to settle or do anything until the like okay well here's what we're gonna do you know we're gonna send you this or we'll we'll try to figure out this but a lot of times it's just a uh, a call and um, once you, once as soon as you have that conversation like it's, it can go so so far. Well, one thing I think is great about y'all is that you're so great at what you do, but you don't come across cocky. Like you're really sincere and you really. Um, you get excited about things. It's not like you're too good for these certain people or whatever. And I guess maybe that's where you were talking about, Matt, some of your friends have gotten to, and it's like maybe the complacency hits in. And then maybe that's when they kind of fall off the, you know, they, they stop the drive or whatever. Yes. No, no, hundred percent. I mean, we, we get excited about projects. Like anytime a new project comes in um, and we read through it, uh, I'd say like a good seven out of 10 times, like this sounds awesome. Let's yeah. talk, let's talk to him right now. Like let's set up all and this sounds, and even, especially if it's something we haven't really done before, you know, like, I don't know, um, feed bags for camels <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounded awesome. You know, let's do this. This is crazy. So, um, but yeah, yeah, we get excited. Yeah, sure. Did you see what um, Doc Reed said? I just Matt? Read that. <laughs> I've always thought you sounded like you're cross-eyed. I do. I. It's it's, it's weird. You're not. not, not I, yeah. No. He's not. Yeah. He's only cross-eyed when he's sober. I'm seeing it when he gets drunk. But Are you sure? Even out. I don't want to. I don't want to say it. But I'm not drunk. I'm not. I'm just. We were little. having dinner that one time, and I was like, "Man, he's cross-eyed." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. Is that why you're trying to slap me on the back? To put no, me back no, no, no. It was for other reasons. It's the uh, side of the head, John, and yeah, get them back, right? So and I'm just excited. So the last, very last question was where, what's next? Um, what's next for forefathers? And it sounds right. like you guys have kind of answered that already, but. Glasses. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what, anything, I mean, is there like, um, is it just that you just want to keep going and keep doing really cool projects and keep learning and keep building and keep working together? Next thing is going to be, uh, I think we, we talked to, uh, to the guy who runs uh, Retro Supply Company. Mm -hmm. Dustin Lee. Dustin yes. Lee, yes. Uh, really cool guy. Got to befriend him at Creative South. Been a fan of him for a long time. And uh, yeah, so we talked to him about a lot of stuff. So I'm not gonna give you any details just yet, but that's something we're working on heavily. But maybe doing some passive income things or continue working exactly. with oh cool. We yeah. have some we have some at the moment. Obviously we got a ton of ideas to do on our own. 
and that's tricky because we do we because so much of the work we do is still so client based. So finding the time to do those things, but yes. trying to find more time to do passive income projects and little little design assets that we can give. Um, the the declaration was huge. Uh, yeah. we've been, we worked on that for months. And Especially just having, John, but he put his heart and soul into that. So. Just having that done was, that was a massive goal for 2016. And it's so nice too, because now when, because we get asked it every call, okay, so what's your guys' working process? How do you work? And just having that say, well, glad you asked because we got an ebook. Instead of us sitting here going blue in the face trying to tell you how we work on the phone, check this out. And it's yeah. on first contact, we can just send them the link mm-hmm. along with the questionnaire and everything. So. And that's a part of the, the vetting process. And, you know, if, if, if somebody's checking it out and they say, well, these these guys don't I don't know. I, this seems like too out there or this company seems a little too out there, which we haven't had ha- have ha- had happen. But it's a good way to say, all right, check this, check this out. Read through this before we get to the next step. And if you're cool with all of this, and if you're if you're on board with all of this, and if you get where we're coming from, then let's go, let's go. But but check this out first. This is how we work. Right. Having that as an example is, I wish we would have had it four years ago. So that well, you a, just got to keep going. Yeah, yeah. And and just keeping four years from now, we'll be happy that we had it four years ago. Yeah. And just keeping cool work, work that we believe in, uh, keeping forefathers going doing fun stuff that we enjoy. We, we like putting out our own little holiday products. You know, we, we can't put out what a lot of other agencies put out because we're so small, but that's kind of our thing. Just staying small, putting out good work, making sure the clients that we work for are successful and growing at our trade. I think that's about, that's the biggest goals I have. And those are some days hard enough to keep. Yeah, for sure. Well, I just want to thank you guys. Thanks for going for an hour and a half. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. Really. Uh, Keep going if you want. Yeah, that's great. Right. <laughs> before be before, before people it, leave, can I say something before people start leaving? Uh, we're going to be on the – sorry for promoting another podcast. Oh, go ahead. I don't care. I know you love this, guys. So we're going to be on Jason Frost Holmes' Creative Self Podcast. Yes. Pretty soon. It should be in July, I think. Yeah. So I want to have you guys back on after you guys get some to your next step, um, your next thing, because I actually feel like it. what you helped people with today was incredible. And I think um, just kind of digging into some of that process, I think after, you know, now the no revision thing, you'll kind of vet that out and see how that goes. That would be nice to talk to you guys about that again. So maybe we'll have to set something up. I know Ashley's um, wickedly working in for January. So Maybe we'll do something um, around April-ish or, or March next year and get you guys back on because it was terrific. And it was a lot of really, really good content. Uh, the last year thing we'll all be bald. And, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want to say, the declaration, if you want to get inspired by that, if you like content that's from that, use it for you as well. That's We're not going to be like, oh, you're stealing our idea. Or no. you can't use this information. I wish somebody would have give, give, gave me something like that four years ago to yes. build my own thing off of. So please use it, look at it, read it, transform it into your own language, how you want to, but just check it out. 
Yeah, and if you guys have questions like moving forward, I mean, we are always available, and uh, we definitely recommend Bloomer or any business coach. That that's that's huge. So, um, thanks, Diane. Thanks so yes. much for having. You can us. use the forefathers' technology if you want, but the client will just move to us instead. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> right. So what I want to share you guys is the way people can um, bookers. I keep trying to log in to something so that I can get something. Oh, well, bookers oh, well. is so much worse than that. Word. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It puts so many images in my head. Booger. Well, it's like clean and my parents were okay with those um, <laughs> okay. uh, terms, I suppose uh, is why I stick to that. But if you guys want to see uh, the declaration is kind of long, um, for me to actually say it. So if you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on um, iTunes, um, you can actually go to recharging you. Um, oh, boogers. I can't get the bitly. Uh, anyway, it's, if you go to recharging you and you just look for, or you just type in forefathers in the search, it'll come up. And then it's right below that along with all of the places to actually follow these guys. So let me give those out. So it's forefathers with an S group with noes.com. I'm going to actually um, share that over there in the thing that nobody can see on YouTube, but, or whatever. And then on Twitter, it's at forefathers with an S. And then on Instagram, it's four, it's F O R E. If you're listening forefathers, F A T H E R S group. So forefathers group for Instagram for Jonden, it's at Jonden, J O N D E N Jackson. And then Twitter, Jonden Jackson, he got lucky. And then Matt is the most um, creative, I guess, sort of, uh, because on uh, um, Instagram, he's at Portland underscore. And then at Twitter, he's at Sons of Nero. I'm not very. I'm not very. I don't like to combine my stuff. So right, no. You have to come search for me. Right. <laughs> You're the multiple personality in the family. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so many names. <laughs> so, and then Amir is at Growcase G R O W C A S E, and you can see it. He's holding his hands, and then it's also the same on Twitter. So at Growcase there. So, um, Mr. Worldwide, then, he was the first action. Oh, sweet. So. <laughs> Um, if you guys also wanted to see the Twitter exchange, I'm going to pop that in again. You could also just search for the forefathers group. It's going to be under there, or you could search for bro love on uh, recharging you and you can kind of see the first uh, Twitter exchange from uh, John Den and Matt. So, and if you want to um, follow me, it's at design recharge on pretty much everything. And then um, you can always email me at Diane at recharging you.com. And then to kind of give you an idea, Dustin will be on the show in uh, July, July 20th. But next week is Brian Manley, who is hilarious. Yes. Yes. We, yes. Love so, Brian. we love him. I, miss I know so he, he is. He's awesome. So I'm, I'm excited to have him on next week. And so just thank you guys so much for hanging out late and giving so much knowledge. And I'm just going to uh, reiterate what it took uh, Amir a while to do the translation in his head. But I think this is like the word of wisdom or words, create your own demand. I thought that was a really I'm glad you shared it. You backed up because I think that was a, a important part. So 
Um, it's been, it's like the day has gotten darker for yeah. John. Yeah, it's my son like, is my my sunlight's <laughs> running away from me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, anyway, it's just funny. Um, but thank you guys so much. It was so good. And you're so funny and you guys did so good. I'm so proud of you guys are not uh, cussing. Thank you. So yeah. Elaine, very sorry. We yes, like, we did the best we could. We did the best we, we could. We love your daughter. We tried the best. Best we could. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we'll see you next week. And um, thanks again. You thanks guys are awesome. Much. Thanks. Talk okay. Soon. See you in about Bye. a year. Okay. <laughs> um, are you guys going to go back to um, Creative South? <laughs>